Yes, good day everyone. Welcome to our Christian Living class. What a wonderful day again class to new to learn new insights and things about Christian life, about how we could live our life in light of um, the leading of our Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, whether you are a new Christian or an old one, lahat tayo, hindi tayo stop okay? We never stop from the process of spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. Ang isang Kristiyano na committed kay Christ, he is going to grow. Talagang you know? mag-grow tayo if we are deeply uh, rooted and committed to Christ. And based on that, the truths you are learning in this studies are for everyone, every one of us. From our previous topics, we have already discussed uh, the progressing uh, through the levels of growth. So we just um, look over over the passage na 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, where it discusses the three stages of spiritual growth. Ayon, so with the three stages of spiritual growth, we have first uh, being a baby, second being a young man, and then the third uh, level of growth is fathers. So those stages correspond to human life. The beginning is infancy. Ganun siya sa buhay natin. Diba? We started from being an infant when we were born. And then, there is a parental recognition. Okay, so, when we just um, birthed. And then, there is young adulthood. The time when we know what we believe. And in spiritual maturity, yung young man natin, he has the ability to comprehend doctrine and, and the word of God. Uh, things about faith. So he has his feet on the ground. He is now grounded and he is not tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Hindi na siya madaling uh, masway ng kung ano-ano mga panana, uh, paniniwala. And then finally there is fatherhood. Uh, fatherhood um connotes a father not only knows what he believes in but he knows the one in whom he believes in a deep abiding and mature way. Diba mga tatay, marami na silang alam yan. They have um, a lot of wisdom when we talk about our biological father. So, the same is true in this uh, level of growth. And then we have this, um, another thing, the goal of spiritual maturity. Of course, uh, the process of spiritual growth, our spiritual growth is an ascension toward the, the goal of knowing God. So, si Apostle Paul, ayun, continuously uh, in the process of spiritual growth. Even though he had reached a high level. Ayan, si Apostle Paul, talagang makita natin, in the height of his life and ministry, he has accomplished ayan, the great dreams and desires of his heart. Though he had already attained, we can see if we're gonna read about his life, we can say that he really lived uh, a life that is well lived before the Lord. But he said, his goal was that I may know him. In other words, no matter how Paul had gone, how far he had gone in his um, growth in Christ, he is still long. Alam yun, for a deeper, broader, more vital and fulfilling comprehension of the very God he loved and served. He still wants to know who Christ is and a deeper relationship um, for him. So imagine that Paul desiring such thing. Diba? We, we can say that Paul is has already attained everything but there we can see um, the desire to grow more in Christ and then number two the life of spiritual maturity 
Christians move the three stages. So, from being an infant to young adult and then or young men, uh, they became they becomes a father. Father or at times you can say that uh, being a leader. So, Christians move through the three stages and by the word of God, of course, that's the number one um, number one essential part okay the most essential um, aspect of spiritual growth is the word of god and then the spirit of god and in response to the commands of god and the key is this this is the key guys so christians we as christians can only grow if we are living to the glory of god when we live for ourselves walang mangyayari sa atin nothing positive will Occur. So, growth will only take place when Christians are spiritual, not carnal. So, when we say carnal, you say that you are a believer, you say you are a Christian, and yet your life doesn't say so. And when they are living, when we are living for the glory of God, not for ourselves. We can say, okay, if we are doing that, we are growing in Christ. After Christians have been saved... There is a balancing act that is carried on. If we are saved, ayan, mangyayari na to. We have a new life in us. If we have Jesus Christ in our lives, ayan na, bagong buhay tayo. Ayan, and we have, um, we also have our old sin nature around us. So, the sin that's in our flesh, a believer finds that a part of his life is given to God and a part to sin. Good day everyone! Welcome to our new topic for today. Ayan, at atin na naman nasumpuan na isang magandang araw mula sa ating Panginoon. So guys, the last time we had been um, talking about things, about our Christian living um, classes and lectures. So we've been talking about trust, praise, and very important. Okay, so let me uh, remind everyone that there is nothing more important sa buhay ng isang mananampalataya then being involved in the process of spiritual maturity. So, kayo ba? Uh, nag-grow ba tayo? Nag, uh, may natututunan ba kayo? Kayo ba mas napapalapit sa Panginoon? Or, nasa inyo na ba ang Panginoon? Uh, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy for a Christian to remain in a state of infancy all his earthly life. Yet, lagi itong nangyayari in many cases. Kahit na yung mga churches natin, punong-puno ng tao, maraming nag-a-attend, maraming nagsasabi na kristyano sila, pero sa katotohanan nila, hindi sila nag-grow spiritually. Um, karamihan sa kanila, they fight the same battles, they struggle with the same sins, and lose repeatedly, give in to it. So, hindi sila napapalakas and they don't seem to gain any resources they are not growing in the Lord bakit? anong kadahilanan at sa kadahilanan na hindi nagpo-progress yung growth nila okay, hindi sila umaabante wala silang um, they don't have this kind or this sense of victory and usefulness to God it's like God is just a good idea in their head or God is just an idea but their lives doesn't say so so itong tragedy na yun, yun 
that happens and usually it limits the spiritual growth of a person. Kaya napakalaga na maintindihan natin yung mga principles from the Bible or the scriptures that points us in the direction of spiritual maturity. The master key to spiritual growth is glorifying God. Yun at yun palagi. Gaya yun ang direction natin as believers, as someone who says or claims themselves to be Christians. Living to God's glory is a living, is living a life that manifests God and Christ in our lives. Yun yung nakikita ng ibang mga tao. And not just other people, but we in our lives, we can sense Christ's um, presence. Yun. Yung victory ni Christ, victory na din ng buhay natin. But if we are not living to the glory of God, then we are living to the glory of ourselves or much more of Satan. Diba? So, dito hindi talaga tayo nag-grow pag yung, nasa sarili pa rin tayo. Mag-grow tayo only if we live to the glory of God. Doon tayo mag-grow. So, we have this key verse natin, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, we ascend one of one level of glory at a time as we gaze at God's glory and become more and more like Jesus Christ. So, ayun siya. The more na nakikita natin yung glory ni God at natututunan, the more na mas nagiging kagaya tayo ni Christ. And that's true. If you have experience uh, meeting people, you would say, um, there are two kinds of people na ma-meet natin when it comes to Christianity. Nasabihin natin, ito church ng church. Kung hindi naman siya kristyano, diba? May mga ganong tao. Sinasabi niya kristyano siya, pero yung ugali niya hindi. Right? So, we cannot see the manifestation. But there are these other people na nami-meet natin that they don't even claim to be Christians. And yet, you can say, ah, may, may Diyos tong taong to. Kilala niya ang Diyos. Diba? You have, uh, if you have experienced that, that is the difference. This is what I am saying na we are growing, we are maturing. If we can sense that kind of changes, that kind of um, mirroring in someone's life. So, ang focus ng Christian life ay para makilala ang Diyos at para bigyan siya ng kaluwalhatian. To know God and glorify Him. It's like Paul. Ano yung pinaka-desire ni Paul? Okay, in Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him. Si Paul na yun, ha? Yun ang kanyang ultimate desire ng kanyang buhay. Kung tayo, mga naniniwala at nananampalataya ay mag-grow, kailangan ang focus natin ay sa kaluwalatian ng Diyos. Pag tayo, kinalimutan natin yung ating mga sarili okay, at isinabmit ito sa ating Panginoon, then we will begin to grow. Okay, so yun dapat yung focus natin. You should have an undivided attention to give glory to the Lord. But most of the times, I know it's hard and I know uh, lagi natin as human nature, inuuna natin yung mga sarili nating interes at kapakanan. So, glorifying God means several things, right? So, sa mga lectures natin na napagdaanan, uh, first lesson natin, we glorify God by confessing Jesus as Lord. So, Philippians um, 2.11, ano yung sinasabi niya doon? Philippians 
to 11 says that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We will grow only as we glorify the Lord moving from one level of glory to the next and proceeding from being babies to young men and spiritual fathers. So that's, that's the three levels of growth na meron tayo um, getting from Philippians to 11. What means? Kailangan um, i-confess natin Jesus as Lord. So we cannot live to the glory of God unless we are a believer. The purpose of becoming a Christian is not primarily to keep you out of hell. Of course, hindi lang yun para maiwasan natin na mapunta sa hell, the damnation of our sins, but to allow us to experience blessing. Not the blessing in itself, but mostly Okay, the main reason is to allow us to live to the glory of God. That is why God made us. Everything that God made gives Him glory. So even the heavens, okay? The heavens declare the glory of God. The beasts of the field gives Him glory and the angels glorify God. But it is amazing how human resist giving glory to God. Diba? how we do our self-centered acts or things na talagang tayo palagi yung sarili natin ang nauna. We cannot uh, deny things for ourselves. Romans 1.21 says, When they knew God, they glorified Him, not as God. The terrible legacy of human sinfulness is that man doesn't give glory to God. Thus, those kind of man doesn't grow or progresses spiritually. Hindi sila umaabante. But when we invite Christ into our lives and acknowledge Him as a Savior and Master, then the process of spiritual growth begins. Doon talaga nagkakaroon ng totoong change, ng totoong growth, kapag si Christ nasa buhay natin. Pag si Christ invite natin sa buhay natin at in-acknowledge natin siya bilang ating Master at Savior. So, how do we grow spiritually? Once na-save na tayo, we begin to aim our lives at glorifying Him. Diba? So, yun na. Kung ano yung kaka-glorify ni God, yun yung ginagawa na natin. Dahil, mayroon na si Christ sa atin. Dahil, alam natin na save na tayo. If we are saved, we will aim our lives at glorifying Him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, lahat daw, kahit na kumain tayo. Diba? Kumagpagkain at pag-inom, it's been always uh, a routine for us. Parang, it's very normal. Okay, dapat, yet, dapat sila, itong mga bagay-bagay na to, they are to be done to the glory of God, for God's glory. So, as you do everything to the glory of God, you will feel the power of the Spirit of God moving you along the path of maturity. So, ayun din, kasama rin sa mga principles na pag-alaran na natin. Uh, we glorify God by confessing sin, trusting Him, bearing fruit, and praising Him. So, ayun guys. Uh, uh, kumusta na ba yung mga learnings natin? Kumusta mga buhay-buhay natin? You know what? A constant steady pace of growth occurs in our lives as we give glory kay God. Hindi siya, minsan hindi dire-direcho, but there, if there is a constant 
na constantness in that. Diba? You will see changes. You will see growth. This is synonymous with walking in the Spirit, obeying the Word, and letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Diba? Kumusta mga pagbabasa nyo ng Bible? Do you learn from it? Or uh, does your life, do you allow your lives to be changed by what the Bible tells us? As we are to abandoned to God, yielded to the Spirit, and submissive to the Word, we give glory to God. So, ayan siya, just a full abandonment of ourselves. At hayaan natin ng Holy Spirit ang ating maging gabayan. Siyempre, sa pag-submit natin sa salita ng Diyos. So, ngayon, yung pangpito natin na principle uh, in which we glorify God is loving Him enough to obey Him or a walk of obedience na tinatawag natin. So, if I could uh, simplify the Christian life to one word, it would be obedience. Yep, obedience is very, very important for a Christian. So, hindi lang to external na obedience. This is the spirit of obedience na tinatawag natin. Minsan tayo, di ba? Pag inutusan tayo ng magulang natin, minsan may ginagawa tayo, pero dahil magulang natin sila, ang magulang ay magugulang. <laughs> They just uh, to make you laugh lang, guys. But, really, when in terms of our parents, sometimes, pag inutusan nila tayo, we don't feel like doing So, minsan, gagawin natin yung inutos nila, pero, ang nangyayari, pupunta tayo, pero wala tayong heart. Diba? Tatayo tayo, pero sa puso natin, hindi tayo sumunod. Ginawa natin yung ipinapagawa nila. Gets nyo ba yun? Ginagawa natin yung ipinapagawa nila, pero yung heart natin, wala doon. So, that is still disobedience. Kala mo, nag-obey ka, pero yung heart mo, nandun yung galit, nandun, nandun yung inis. Bakit kasi ngayon pa ang timing ni Papa? Ang wrong timing naman ni Papa. Ang dami ng sinabi ng utak natin, di ba? And that's uh, an example of disobedience. And that is an outward um, obedience. So, ayun siya. So, this is not the kind of obedience na sinasabi ko. ko but, yun, obeying outwardly but disobeying in the heart. Hindi lang yung kung sinunod mo, yun na yun. Diba? So, pinakamahalaga yung pag-obey natin in the heart. Na part ng spiritual maturity. So, it doesn't just uh, referring to a crushing uh, legalism, but the spirit of obedience. A believer should have a willingness to obey. Okay, so let's see this verse. In John 21, okay, si Jesus kinonfront niya si Peter in order to affirm him in the ministry. Sige, Jesus kinausap din niya si Peter tungkol sa kanyang pagmamahal. So glorifying God means that you love Him enough to obey Him. Yun, if we really wanted to, uh, to obey God, there should be love. And if we say we love God that much, and then there should be the willingness to obey Him. So, si Peter, di ba? Meron tayong uh, prerequisite dito sa obedience ni Peter. Uh, may tanong tayo dito. John 21.15 says, So, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, Jesus called Peter by his old name. Okay? Because he was acting like his old self. 
kahit sa mga instances, there were different instances that God, that Jesus calls Peter. But during this time, nung kumakain sila, ang sabi ni Jesus, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah. Okay, so bakit ito? So because um, Peter was acting like his old self, Jesus had caught him in the midst of disobedience. So sabi to, he had told him to wait for him, but he went fishing instead. Then Jesus said, Mas mahal mo ba ako more than this? In verse 15, Do you love me more than this? Um, Jesus used the greatest word for love in the Greek, agapao. Jesus was saying, Do you really love me, Peter? Do you totally love me? Am I the epitome of your affections? When Jesus said more than these words, some people think that he was referring to the nets, boats, and the life of fishing, which was a love of Peter's. And other people think that he was referring to the other disciples. So did Peter uh, love Jesus more than the other disciples love him? Peter had said that he would never forsake Jesus, even if others did. So do you love me more than this? And the answer, sabi ni Peter, Yes, Lord! Ayan. Alam niyo po na mahal ko kayo. But Peter didn't use okay, the word agapaw. He used phileo. So not just like as how Jesus loves him. Okay, so Peter said, um, I like you a lot. He didn't want to say, Lord, I really love you. So because Jesus would have said, If you love me, then you would keep my commandments. John 14.15 Si Peter, hindi niya kaya i-claim yung ganong klase ng pag-ibig. Kasi hindi pa nakikita yung evidence ng ganong klase ng pag-ibig sa Diyos during that time. Peter was like the man who wrote this to his sit heart. I would cross the burning sand or swim the English channel to be near you. And if it doesn't rain tonight, I'm coming over. <laughs> Diba? So, parang karal, infatuated pa lang. So, Peter had been caught in an act of this obedience. And then, what's the command after that? In that conversation, nabaganda ng conversation to when Christ confronts Peter. In verse 15 continues, sabi niya, And if you love me, I'll feed my lambs. So, Jesus wanted Peter to be um, a pastor, to preach the word and help build the kingdom. He accepted Peter at the level of his love. John 21, 16-17 says, He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, and do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my sheep. And for the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, uh, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, love you and he said unto him lord you know all things you know that i love you so jesus cannot use anyone who doesn't love him kaya paulit-ulit na tinanggap ina-affirm ni god kung anong klaseng pag-ibig yung kayang ibigay ni peter kasi gusto may plano siya para kay peter eh. kasi gusto niya si peter ngayon diba at the latter part ng new testament makita natin that peter really became uh, from a fisherman to fishers of men because Jesus wanted to really um, empower him. So, first and foremost, um, 
qualification natin if you wanted to be used by the Lord is that there should be love for the Lord. Buong buo. It is a wholehearted devotion to Him. Living to Christ's glory uh, means loving Him. Maybe your love isn't all that it could be. Maybe it isn't agapa or the supreme love na kinatawag natin. But if it is good, solid, phileo, your love isn't all that it could be. If it's good, solid, as like phileo, Christ will use you. He will take you where you are and, and build you from there. Magandang umpisa na yun, guys. And we can see that he wanted Peter to minister, but he knew merong prerequisite. Kailangan mahalin mo na siya ni Peter para makapag-obey siya fully. And then, we can see the story progressing. Uh, John 21 verses 18 to 19. Ano yung sinasabi dito? If you have your Bibles, you can uh, check John 21. Okay, so let's uh, check this out. Ito na, pa-end na to sa book of John. John 21, 16, and 17. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you, knew, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to rest yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. So, kita natin dito, no? But, and then, Peter's obedience, 18 to 19. Ano na yung nangyari dito? He said, To show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Jesus said to Peter, Follow me. So, it would be one thing to follow the Lord, guys. So, sabi nito, The Lord, Follow me and you'll be successful. You'll have wealth health and happiness that's what the cults promise uh, some false religions and or false um, teachings yun yung pinapromise nila and even today much of so-called christianity ay, yun din yung mga ibang pinapromise nila but jesus didn't say that to peter when this word follow me okay hindi yun para sa mga pansariling interest natin but Jesus is saying, Peter, if you love me, follow me. That's the kind of uh, follow me statement na binitawan ni Jesus kay Peter. And even for today, I want to remind you that um, following Jesus is, is not for a good health, not for a good wealth or happiness. Those things were just bonuses, guys. But the number one thing should be done in our lives is to love Christ with all our heart. And then we could follow Him. Wholeheartedly. Then in verse 20 to 22, Peter turning about, 
kita natin din turn and show the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who had been reclining at the table close to him and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that you remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So Jesus was saying, If he lives till the second coming, none of your business. As a result of a statement, a rumor stated that John was going to live till the second coming. So John had to write verse 23 to correct that rumor. Jesus said that if he lived till the second coming, that was none of Peter's business. In verse 22, Jesus says again, follow me. Jesus said the emphatic pronoun. He was saying, quit turning around and asking questions that are none of your business. Okay? Or in short, don't compare. Don't grumble. Or don't just um, look things in your own perspective. But just follow me. Fix your gaze on me. And then, this is the big part. Okay, after all these things, after all these conversations, there's a turnaround. Okay, Peter's commitment. Makita natin to. In his actions after Jesus' crucifixion, makita na natin sa Acts. Okay, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 14 to 47, there is a dramatic change. Okay, Peter preached a fantastic sermon in Jerusalem. Okay, and 3,000 people were saved. So, diba, napaka-powerful na. In Acts 3, 1 to 8, may pinagaling siya sa temple. And a man jumped up and danced through the temple praising God. So, sa Acts 4, chapter 4, verse 5 to 21, he confronted the Sanhedrin and said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In verse 12, so in verse 19, he and John said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. Peter was the shining light in the early church. Napakaganda ang pangyayari nito. In his writing, Peter wrote two epistles and expressed the tremendous joy in his heart for being called into the service of the Lord. In 2 Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, 14-15, he said, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ had shown me, moreover I will endeavor that you may be able, after my disease, to have these things always in remembrance. Peter wanted to serve Christ until he died. And then the willingness of obedience. Peter loved Jesus enough to die for him. And that glorifies God, of course. So this is a principle of spiritual maturity na kailangan natin. That if we glorify God, kapag minahal natin siya enough, yun, we will um, obey Him enough then. Even when that's difficult. I know it's very difficult um, to fully follow what the Lord says dahil napaka-selfish talaga nating mga tao. Napaka-deprived ng mga puso natin and even our minds. We are corrupt people. But if we love Him enough, um, He will help us to obey Him. God is glorified in the willingness that we have to make a sacrifice for His sake. You'll grow as you willingly obey Him no matter what it costs. When you are not willing to take steps until they meet your conditions. It's not about our own conditions, guys. 
kapag palaging pansariling interes lang, nalilimit natin yung pag-grow natin spiritually. Spiritual growth is an abandonment to the will of God. It's always um, tawag dito. Doon tayo nagsusurrender tayo sa will ni God. And abandonment, it's a full submission. Every time na ino-obey natin si Lord, nag-grow tayo. And every time na nag-disobey tayo, na-slow natin or nalilimit natin yung pag-grow natin spiritually. Okay? So, we will see um, another thing on our next session. Another way how to glorify God. Okay? So, it's about praying. Amen. Okay, guys? So, may the Lord bless you. And uh, may you reflect on those things that we have uh, just um, talk about today. God bless everyone. And good morning everyone. So here we are with a new day. Let's um, thank the Lord and praise the Lord sa isang pinagpalang bagong umaga. Isang pinagpalang araw para sa ating lahat. Ayan. So ngiti naman tayo dyan. And for today, ang pag-uusapan natin, I hope it excites you and really motivates you Ayan, with our class because today we would be talking about the reliability of the Bible. So, ano yung mga gagawin natin ngayon? Titignan natin, we will invest, investigate, sorry, the trustworthiness of the Bible. And then, titignan natin, ano ba yung mga benefits na pwede nating makuha? Okay, mula sa salita ng Diyos upang mas magkaroon tayo ng magandang uh, buhay kristyano na dinatawag. And of course, pag uusapan din natin ang kahalagahan okay, ng salita ng Diyos and kung paano natin to may apply sa ating buhay and how we could um, really live our lives under the authority of God and His Word. We will learn to apply God's Word in all areas, in all the areas of our lives as a believer. According to Psalm 119.11 sa NIV, sinasabi doon, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that's one of the importance of the word of God. So from our previous topics, we know that knowing God is the greatest experience a person can have. Natutunan din natin that He is the creator of the universe. Not just the whole universe, but even the whole creation. Kasama tayo doon. Siya rin yung nagsisatisfy sa atin sa mga deepest longings ng mga puso natin. And of course, only through Him, through God, that we can live life to the fullest. Si God, He revealed Himself to us through the living word. So, this is through the person of Jesus Christ and His words, the Bible, His written word. Yet, alam niyo yun, nakakasad kasi maraming tao pa rin ang nagda-doubt at nagka-question tungkol sa authority ng Bible. And mas marami na yon dito sa panahon natin ngayon in this um, generation. So, alam niyo yan, as we have talked about uh, the different set of worldviews that a person upholds. So, ngayon, titignan natin yung evidences para sa reliability ng Bible. And of course, the benefits of knowing God's Word. And lastly, the need to apply God's Word to our lives. We'll also examine some of the importance of placing our lives under the authority of God and His Word. So, unahin natin yung reliability ng Bible, no? So, dito makikita natin, there are a lot of evidences that uh, the Bible is uh, reliable. Okay, so we have this 
Okay, tignan natin. Pwede ba tayo, papagkakatiwalaan nga ba talaga natin? Okay, so from archaeology to astronomy, there are a lot of evidences from many fields. Ayan, different uh, fields of sciences that points to the veracity of God's Word. So, yung Bible natin, and it is um, written in several genres and three languages by approximately 40 authors with different or various backgrounds, writing styles, and purposes. So, magkakaiba man yung author, magkakaiba sila ng style at ng purpose, yung Bible natin, nakaka-amaze siya kasi it is so consistent. Yung message niya, it's so consistent. There are 66 books in the Bible, which is the New Testament and the Old Testament, and yet, its consistency from Genesis to Revelation is so consistent that it doesn't contradict itself. O, diba? Napaka uh, ganda. It's just so awesome and uh, amazing. So, makikita natin dito that the Bible is the written word of God and it is divinely inspired and inerrant throughout its assertions. Ayan. And it's faculty it's factually through in all the original orthographs those are bold claims but how can we be so confident about it as a believer are you are you really confident about the bible that you are holding right now so may mga tao na kiniklaim nila na maraming error ang bible and they were so against the scripture ayan so sabihin nila according to science and historical matters and even the age of the earth, the origin of the man, and the evidence for the flood, yun, and other major events described in the Bible. So, we cannot use the scientific method para lang ma-prove natin uh, whether certain conver uh, conversations took place, such as God instructing Noah to build an ark, nor can we use it to dem demonstrate whether a historical event resulted in spiritual truth so, such as Jesus' death on the cross, paying for our sins. Ayan, though, okay, but while we cannot examine all these details or the, all the Bible's details by specific scientific or historical inquiry, pwede natin i-investigate, okay, this plenty, the plenty evidences, Okay, that corroborates biblical details and that talks about the reality of the biblical events that gone through uh, before. Okay, so tignan natin evidence for biblical veracity. So we have six here. Number one is um, how archaeologists have worked. What did they find out? So archaeologists have located scores of buried cities located precisely where the Bible describes excavation. So, mga naghuhukay, so, yung mga archaeologists, they look for um, certain uh, evidences. Ayan siya. So, dito makita natin, there is an abundance of evidence daw ng na mga nahukay nila. So, ano yung mga nakita nila? For example, several seals. Ayan. Belonging to King Hezekiah ay nahukay nila. And in the past decade, ayan, may iba rin silang nahukay. It's uh, just a 10 feet or 3 centimeters from a seal that may well have belonged to the prophet Isaiah. So, one of the king's advisors. So, consistent din siya with the biblical account. Ayan, ancient war records from Assyria. So, ang details nito, 
Makita natin from the Sennacherib's Conquest of Judean City. So, ito nasa Old Testament itong mga tayong mga wars noon between Assyria ayan, and then um, against the Judean. So, makikita natin yun. And cryptically imply his unsuccessful siege of Jerusalem. So, yung mga wars noon between these cities. So, critics challenge the historicity, historicity of certain biblical accounts. But their arguments are often silenced by new finds. Kasi talagang yung mga question nila nasasagot uh, through the archaeological findings of the archaeologists. Okay, number two, we have scientific evidence. So, scientific evidence for the Genesis creation and the flood ay talagang makikita natin. Um, na-prove na siya. And then, astronomical research, ayan, with the short period comets in the solar system. So, ito yung mga data na nakukuha nila is consistent with the biblical timeline. Ayan. And then, biblical flood account is corroborated by geological evidence around the globe. Okay, so the, we have this great unconformity. So, it is caused by the initial rising of the floodwaters to cover the free flood land. And then, it is found across every continent. It is a violent erosion of rock surfaces. So, yan yung great unconformity na tinatawag natin. That's a geological um, evidence. So, above this great unconformity, ano pa yung makikita natin? We find all the rapidly buried and preserved graveyards of megascopic fossilized animals and plants. So, ito representing the destruction of all free-flood animals and plants outside the ark. So, it is described ayon, in the biblical account. So, makita tinyan sa Genesis. We find also some uh, same rock layers spanning several continents, indicating that they were deposited on a global scale at the same time. So, it's like meron siya sa America, meron din siya dito sa Asia. Mga deposited uh, rocks. Okay, rock layers na sabay-sabay silang na-deposit. So, ito dahil dun sa great unconformity na tinatawag natin because of the flooding. And then, another thing from archaeologists to scientific evidences, astronomical, geological, we have also anthropological investigations. So, dito naman, it talks about among the ancient cultures. So, dito na-reveal hundreds of flood legends. Okay? So, marami siyang details. So, there are a lot of numbers of details na talagang makikita natin with the biblical record. So, similar, similar legends correspond with the Bible's account of man's creation and fall and of the fall of Babel. And then, another thing here, panglima natin is the biological research. So, ito makita naman natin sa field ng genetics. Okay, so it's amazing that um, the kind of animals, one kind of animals, kanyara yung aso o yung pusa, Ah, hindi sila pwedeng ma-transform into another animal over time. Okay? Kasi yung mechanism nila, ayan, hindi sila pwedeng mag-acquire ng bagong genetic information para mag-evolve into another kind. So, yung ganong klase, okay, ng pangyayari or this kind of observation na hindi siya pwedeng ma-change sa ibang klase ng hayop ng mga sa mga hayop di sila pwedeng mag-evolve okay it is um 
produced within that kind of match in Genesis 1. Nung paulit-ulit na sinasabi ni God that God made the animals as distinct kinds to reproduce after their kind, after their own kind. So, yung mga ibon, mga ibon lang din yung uh, mapuproduce nila, ma-reproduce nila, yung mga reptiles, they would just rep, uh, reproduce reptiles as well. So, diba, uh, kita natin na it is the same uh, with what the Bible says according to biological researches. Ayan, sa mga hype. And then the paleontologist. Ayan, ito naman. So, sila naman, among uncovered nila, they uncovered dinosaurs. So, dinosaur remains, guys. Ayan, uh, they contain soft tissue and blood cells. So, we can say that dinosaurs exist during those times which could not exist in fossils that are millions of years old. As evolutionists assume, as they assume, ng mga naniniwala sa evolution. But, Itong mga findings na to, it is consistent with the biblical account of those bones being buried. Okay, they are being buried thousands of years ago during the flood. So, the, the flooding before, yun yung nakapagpawala sa kanila, yung mga dinosaurs. And then, so from our evidences, okay, evidences ng biblical veracity natin, it is as well, we can call this divinely inspired. So, anong ibig sabihin nun? Uh, ang Bible, it is filled with unique proofs of being inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, maraming details ng prophecies ang naisulat noon, centuries before the events they accurately describe doon sa Bible. Okay, sige, let's um, take um, the Old Testament for example. Nung sinabi ng Messiah, um, the Messiah Jesus was born of a virgin, sabi ni Prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7 verses 14 sinabi niya doon um, he prophesied that the Messiah or Jesus Christ will be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Okay, in Bethlehem makita natin 'yon in uh, Micah 5:2 as descendants of Abraham. And then he will be betrayed by a friend ma- ma- na rin yun, or na prophesied in Psalm 41:9. So, the very exact kung ilang piraso ng silver ang ipambabayad sa kanya nung ipinag, um, uh, tawag dito, nang binitray si Jesus, makikita natin sa Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 11 verse 13. For 30 pieces of silver that were used to purchase the father's field. Then, he was mocked and ridiculed, pierced in his hand and feet, and lots were cast for his clothing. We can see that in Psalm chapter 22, verse 7, verse 16, and 18. Daniel 9.26, Jesus died as a sacrifice for our sins, and He was buried in rich man's tomb. Makikita natin yun kung saan siya nilibing through Prophet Isaiah chapter 53, verses 8 to 10. And then after a short time in the grave, He lived again. Yan, Psalm 16.10 and Isaiah 53.10. So, we can see the prophecy. Diba? So, from the Old Testament to New Testament. Um, totoo siya, it supports the claims of the New Testament as well. And then, the consistency of the facts, consistency of these stories in the Bible. So, hindi lang siya gawa-gawa na story. But it is as well, when you say prophecy, talaga nakita na mangyayari. Okay, and it is divinely inspired. So, yung central event natin na describe sa scripture, of course, this is the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Ayun, it has a strong historical support as an any event in he ancient history. So, makikitaan yun. And of course, aside from it is divinely inspired, another thing is God cannot lie. So, lahat ng mga rason and many others that has been provided, lahat ng mga compelling evidences na ang um, Bible ay totoo. Uh, yun yung mga uh, rason na yun. So, di ba? Makikita natin. However, even without these supporting evidences, all these tangible evidences that we have, kailangan paniwalaan pa rin natin. Okay? The Bible primarily. Bakit? Ba't kailangan ding maniwala? Okay? Because it is the very Word of God. Capital W-O-R-D. The very Word of God. And, guys, remind you, it is very impossible for God to lie. Diba? Maglalay ba sa atin ng Panginoon? The Bible must be true in all that it affirms lahat ng sinasabi niya. In fact, the Bible, and it is the Bible that reveals to us the proper grounding for knowledge. Ayan, so we've been talking about um, can faith and knowledge, faith and learning, can they go along together? Of course. It is the proper grounding for our knowledge. God made us in His image with the ability to learn about Him and about this world. And unless we base our thinking on the truths revealed by God, we cannot prove anything at all. So, significantly, the Lord Jesus Christ, He treated the scripture as being authoritative. And then, it is full of authority without error, stating that it cannot be broken. You can see that in John 10, 35. And citing it frequently um, during his time, in Jesus' times, to correct those in error and respond to their questions. Makita natin yan with uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Since he is the Son of God, we must follow his example. Through historical and scientific investigations, offer strong evidence of the Bible's authenticity and reliability. They cannot prove the Bible to be true to its entirety, but the Holy Spirit given to all believers. 2 Corinthians 5.5 It grants us the ability to recognize His Word, instilling in us a steadfast confidence that the Scriptures that God Himself inspired are true. Okay, so yan yung um, kon natin. Uh, bakit natin kailangan paniwalaan at uh, bakit natin kailangan pagkatiwalaan? That's the reliability of the Bible. 